0: but it's very commercial and there's a lot I don't even think they wrote a lot of the songs on that album. It's, it's
1: they did, album. I think Marty Friedrichsen wrote a lot of it. Yeah. So
0: but it's okay. I, I don't mind that one. And then Sparkle Lounge, forget it. Like yeah. it's shit. I don't even think I listened to it all the way through. And then they have a self-titled one. And that Self-titled
1: one... actually like the first two songs were good. Yeah. But,
0: you know, we'll we'll get when we get to that, we'll get to it. And uh, I'm afraid, but me too. <laughs> And that's, why I'm, regret- that's why I'm
1: wearing a Black Rose era Thin Lizzy shirt, not a Def Leppard shirt tonight.
0: <laughs> but yeah, what happened? You were supposed to wear the Def Leppard shirt.
1: I'll wear that for the albums that counts. Yeah, right.
0: Well, the only one that counts out of this era. Well, no, actually, these albums I don't mind. These, I I these, liked
1: Adrenalized and Retroactive. I actually thought that if you replaced a lot of the songs on Hysteria with songs from Retroactive, you'd have a better album. Yeah, I I would think so too, but. We'll get to retroactive when we get there. All right? We'll get there. We'll get there. So we're just we're just doing those three today, right? Or are we covering just, slang well? Slang, slang.
0: Did you listen to slang? Did you not listen to slang? Mm, if
1: you I'd didn't, rather, then we won't do it. No, I'd rather I'd rather maybe do them in threes. Okay. So it's like you know, the, there's the first three. Then you have hysteria, adrenalized, retroactive. Then you have slang, euphoria, and X. And then you have yeah, sparkle lounge, and the self-title. Oh, yeah.
0: I forgot about it. yes. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll do it that way. I all forgot right. about that uh, covers album. Okay. Totally forgot about it. All right. We'll do it that way. Because I, I was listening to Slang, and I had things to say. Whoop! I'll save I'm, it.
1: I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> it's all right. I think "Blood Runs Cold" is one of the best songs they've ever written. I'm not going to lie.
0: Slang is the last best Def Leppard album ever.
1: After that. Boom. That's a strong uh, statement, but okay, I respect it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good one. I like that one a lot. All right, cool. Let's do this. So now you're ready.
0: Although I, I found it very strange some of the drum patterns on that album.
1: <laughs> well, you switched drum to an acoustic rolls. kit for that one, right?
0: On some of the songs, yeah. Well, some of them I think were some electric ones, but uh, yeah, there's, there's drum rolls and just weird things that somebody with one arm shouldn't be able to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, digital production.
0: Anyways. Yeah, but we'll find out. We'll Actually, no, I, didn't... I read all about that, too. I didn't say anything about any uh, things. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Whatever. All Welcome right. to Red Salad Review.
1: Hello, Lou. Good day, Wayne. How are you?
0: I'm just fantastic. And I'm so fantastic today that we're going to talk about the first band, or one of the first metal bands that I ever got into in my whole entire life. Def Leopard,
1: Love Def Leppard. Love what they've given us. And this is going to be... Well, actually, no. This These three albums won't be that hard for me. You no. know, because uh, they're definitely... Obviously not a continuation of their first three albums. You know, they definitely went a more commercial direction with these three. Not saying it's bad. Just because it sells a million copies doesn't mean it's bad. But definitely shows the area where they're kind of like going away from the diehards and more towards commercial success.
0: Right. But, you know, at the time this came out, I was, what, six, seven years Mm -hmm. old-ish? And this was the only thing I would listen to day in, day out. It was the the biggest album or biggest music thing ever in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I must have owned this thing about seven or eight times. Actually, no, (laughs) not about nine. Must have been about 10 times, about now, you know, because now I got the, it came in the box set that they have, the volume, uh, volume two box set. I got the deluxe version. I got the original version. I've had cassette versions. I might even have a record. No, I don't have a record of this one.
1: Do you have, have an eight track version?
0: No, I don't have an eight track version either. All right. And you don't have them all. No, I don't have them all. But, uh, you know, I've had enough to almost, uh, <clears throat> sorry. Oh, my God. I'm losing my voice. He's
1: so excited he's talking about it, He's losing his voice.
0: I know. You know. <laughs> I'm going to mention something about that in a minute.
1: Go, 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 go. Uh,
0: I'm not going to cut that out either. Um, That's guts. I was also, back in the day, too, a huge Monkees fan. And since you just brought, uh, brought that up, what? When did I bring up the Monkees? No, you didn't bring up the Monkees, but about me not being able to talk and being so excited about that. Oh, okay. Well, I got so excited being a huge fan of the Monkees. Uh, I don't know if you remember the store, Kaldor.
1: Uh, there was no Caldor in Astoria, but I, I did hear about it growing up. Yeah.
0: Well, that was the big store over here. And uh, I went into the music section, saw the new Monkeys cassette it was out. It was called Pull It.
1: Oh, that album? yeah. OK. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I got so excited. I couldn't wait to get it. And as soon as we got to the front cash registers, I threw up all over the place. <laughs> the hell the Monkeys. wrong with you?
1: I was young and dumb, apparently. And this is the guy who says he can't stand Jimi Hendrix. You know, Jimi Hendrix, he wanted to go on tour with the monkeys. Oh, really? Jeez. Yeah. Yes. I like Jimi Hendrix. But uh, that's
0: how excited I get over music. That's what music does to me. You
1: know, makes it just, you throw
0: up. Makes me throw up.
1: <sighs> I suggest you see, uh, <laughs> see a doctor or drink some Pepto Bismol if that's the case. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I, I'd hate to know how you felt listening to the entire back catalog behind you. One day oh. I had heartburn the next day nausea the next day indigestion Upset <laughs> stomach diarrhea
0: no that, that monkeys album is the only one i've ever gotten so excited and threw up over
1: i don't, I don't know why i probably would have thrown up over because it, it was the monkeys but i digress <laughs>
0: <laughs> The monkeys were cool but I'm if there was monkeys yeah, if there was another band that i would have thrown up over it was Def leopard and this album here that just filled my whole childhood with joy um and yeah there it, it was just uh this album just holds so much so many memories mm-hmm. but uh the one thing though is listening to it now in 2021 it's uh, it's lost a little bit of its charm to me a little bit feel like uh, it sounds dated it sounds dated and not that that matters because you know, if it's good music it's it, it doesn't sound dated to me but agreed it's i don't i don't know bands don't sound like this anymore like you know when when they do the choruses and they have those big choruses and um you know that Def Leppard style it, it, just bands don't do that no more it just sounds uh, I, I don't know It almost embarrass them in a way to uh drive down the road in my car with the windows open listen to Def Leppard I I roll the windows up <laughs> man I don't care it's just one of those I,
1: things you know I I will never be embarrassed admitting that I listen to Def Leppard and You know, there's a lot of hardcores out there who will be like, you know, anything after High and Dry sucks, which I respect that. That's their opinion. But I know it's my wife's favorite Def Leppard album. I mean, this was definitely the biggest album of their career. You know, seven of the 12 songs actually charted on the radio. So when over 50% of the album is a hit and they were purposely going for the direction of a Michael Jackson's thriller, you know, that's something to be proud of, especially yeah. on, on their end. And, you know, why be embarrassed about it? It's yeah. not like you're still listening to Milli Vanilli. <laughs> that is true. But I don't yeah. know. Just uh, seeing that Perspective. thing. I'm... Right. Yeah.
0: But just, it just, I don't know. It just compared to today's music. And, and this is just, I don't know. It's, it is what it is. But, you it's, know, I still love it.
1: But, you know, yeah. though, it's funny you mentioned that. Think about the formula that they set up with Hysteria. Right. So many bands in their wake tried to copy that exact same formula. Okay. I know Steve Brown of uh Trickster. Um he's in a uh a new band that's on Frontiers. Uh Tokyo. Oh geez. I actually have the album on my uh, phone. Give me one second. second. blah ba we're going to a city. La, da, da, da. <laughs> no, I won't go into a city on this one. Okay, thank but, you. Uh... Um actually have it right Tokyo Motorfist. Okay. Ha- yeah they have a song called uh, Monster and Me. I swear to God, this song could have been on hysteria. Mm. Like I it sounds just like it. And 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 that is a compliment right. to uh to the band, you know, like they wrote something that would fit perfectly on this album. Hell, right. Def Leppard, cover it, thirteenth song, added bonus to that track on hysteria. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but there's there's a lot of bands that uh and I can't think of the name. There's another band that I just got into not too long ago, a couple of years ago. And there's some Def Leppard influences on it, definitely, especially chorus-wise and stuff. And, you know, it all, all has to come down to this album. I mean, this, this Hysteria was such a huge hit for them, and it, it broke them into the U.S., you know. But it took a while. Think of what it took, like, maybe the—not until Pour Some Sugar on Me, which was, like, maybe, what, the fourth or fifth single? Um, could I, I disagree with
1: you on that statement, actually? Why?
0: Well, I, well, I read it in the book, so I'm, I'm telling you what
1: they said okay, (laughs) because let's not forget that Pyromania was the number two album behind Thriller for the longest time. Right. And that was the album that really took them into the, you know, into the heights in America. I mean, they were headlining arenas by that point. Unfortunately, with Rick Allen's car accident where he lost the, not just the use of his left arm, but his entire left arm, that's Mm -hmm. not uh, mince words, um, Def Leppard was becoming a band that was not getting phased out from the American lexicon, but, you know, that distance between albums didn't help them at all. Um, Hysteria was making them big on an international level, but definitely it wasn't until Pour Some Sugar on Me hit where all of a sudden it's like, boom, they reclaimed their spot back in the States. Mm. Which I'm sick Mm. to fucking death of that song. I'm sorry. If I hear it in one more strip club, I'm going to lose it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah I, I don't need to hear that song ever again it's like interesting Sandman. It, it, i don't need to hear it ever again but, fair enough uh, yeah but yeah when that song came out that's that's when i found out about def leopard and it, it all ended for me you know this was the the band the only band in the world that i, I ever you know loved at the time you know so mm-hmm. that song blew my mind and then listen to the rest of the album. You know, I, I just, I loved every song on here, just about. And um, some interesting tidbit, I was reading the booklet to the volume uh, two uh, box set. Mm-hmm. Um, Mutt Lang, you know, was their producer for a while, you know, mm-hmm. and since he was producing so many hits uh, at the time, he kind of didn't want to do Hysteria. You know, he, he kind of left, he, he's considered like their sixth member or whatever, but he kind of left and went to go do somebody else's album. And they actually brought Jim Steinman in. The guy who's to do meatloaf,
1: yes, and who also wrote "Total Eclipse of the Heart" for Bonnie Tyler and "Ravishing" for Bonnie Tyler, which at one point was, I think, the theme song for WWF Saturday Night's Main Event. And uh, oh. we just lost Jim Simon recently, All and right. uh, rest in peace. And uh, I think actually they um, they touched on this on the classic album Hysteria uh, DVD, where um, let me think exactly what happened. What happened was, you're right. Mutt Lange didn't want to come back. I think he was producing somebody else, or you know, he might he may have been in a car accident himself. So they brought Jim Steinman in, and apparently his production style was so lax or not as demanding as Mutt's. Mm-hmm. It got to a point where Duff Leopard said, "This is not working for us." I they did not feel as though they were performing at their at their peak, and you know, you'd expect Jim Simon, the guy who wrote these crazy opuses that, you know, pass for pop songs on 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 pop radio, mm. you figure that he would have definitely pushed them to have gone the mount lang route, but he didn't. So yeah. they they fired him. Mm. And people, you know, people at at their label was like, you know, why are you getting rid of, rid of Jim Simon? You know, didn't he do Bad Out of Hell? And Joe Elliott's quote is, yeah, um, he wrote Bad Out of, he- Out of Hell. Uh, Todd Rundgren produced it, mm. so they should have gotten Todd Rundgren. I guess if that's the yeah, case, yeah, maybe, yeah. But uh, yeah, he
0: only lasted like eight weeks.
1: So oh, only had... eight weeks? Yeah, eight weeks. I'm sure he demanded a big fee, though. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Considering he with, got it. considering with this album, Def Leppard was almost near broke. Right, you know, because they, they they had to sell half of what they ended up selling just to break even. Yeah. on this record
0: and they did that <laughs> yeah. at some point oh yeah but uh yeah they ended up getting mutt laying back and uh you know thankfully they did because I, I don't know what kind of album this would have been with jen steinman you know there could have been like keyboards and you know meatloaf could have did a guest appearance who knows what the hell hysteria could have been you know
1: well i know one thing it was it was uh, the first album that did not have the influence of pete willis on it right yeah you know, if you think about it, the first three uh, albums are so different compared to this one because Pete Willis practically wrote every other song.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, obviously he's not on this one, but um, it was released August 3rd, 1987. Uh, and this, I thought this was interesting, too, uh, in Kerrang! Uh, by Allison Joy. They did a review of the album and um, they said, Hysteria is without a doubt the album to set the standards in both musical style and production for the remainder of the decade.
1: They were not far off.
0: No, not
1: at all. And um,
0: yeah, so they released seven singles like you mentioned earlier today. Uh, earlier today, earlier before, sorry. How this? long have we been recording? <laughs> We've been recording all day long.
1: Yes, this yeah. is our fifth take at this. <laughs> I'm editing Every that. take's been four hours long. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm editing that. Um, like you said earlier, uh, they did release seven singles for this album. And, uh, and it took them a while to get you know, some recognition for this album. The, the first thing was Women, and um, that's one of my least favorite songs. I think I remember listening to that song and kind of always skipping it. I don't know why.
1: I've always loved it. I'm sorry, go because, ahead.
0: Maybe because it was so slow. I, I don't know. It just the, the beginning of it. Um, and also, too, I'm seven or eight years old, and what do I know about women? Nothing good point. <laughs> and that goes for a couple songs on this album. That When we get to them, we'll get to them.
1: I mean, If you're but, a seven-year-old boy and you know something about women, there's something wrong with you.
0: Well, I don't know. There could be some players out there. You never know at seven years uh, old. I don't
1: think there's any little pimps out there. No, I doubt <laughs> it. <laughs> Bitch, better but, give me my money.
0: But, you know, sometimes I listen to it, sometimes I wouldn't. And uh, it's just one of those songs, give or take, or whatever, but the song Rocket.
1: How do you, how do you but, feel about it now, though, women?
0: I'm more... Uh, I list. I can listen to it now. You know, I, I feel differently about it. You know, I, I'm not. Uh, I don't skip it as much as I used to. Uh, when I do listen to the album, anyway, um, the song "Rocket" that was the song though. I would skip right to that song because also too, Rick Allen was a huge influence on me as a drummer. Mm-hmm. I even wrote a, a school paper like when I was. Uh, I forget what grade I was in at the time of this, but we had the right of somebody who was our uh, our hero, and I picked Rick Allen. You know, because mm-hmm. he had. One arm, and he was playing the drums, and I was a drummer, and he inspired me to play drums, and I had to write about that, you know, and and hearing Rocket and all the the drums and all the the um, like the tribal drums and all that stuff within this song that hooked me into becoming a drummer, you know, that I am today, even though I'm not that good anymore, but it influenced me to be a drummer.
1: Number one, you're still as good as you were before. Go check out Project Resurrect, False Reality, great album. No. Um, the metal album of the year. and um,
0: <laughs> At least one of them.
1: Yeah. Um, Rocket, when I was younger, yeah, I could see my... I, I, I definitely love the guitar tones on it. I thought the tribal drums were good. The video for it. The music video, which was the last one right. that they did, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, I thought was really cool because they interspersed footage of some of their influences. Right. Yeah. Like you had some footage in there of the stones, you had the sweet, you had Queen. And it Dave was it was Bowie. pretty cool. Yes. And it was pretty cool to uh to see that because, you know, Wayne and I are practically the same age. So when that video came out in eighty nine You know, you got to remember that we weren't born in the decade that Def Leppard formed where they have their influences. And it was cool to see the band that influenced us towards, you know, becoming musicians. It was cool to see what influenced them Mm. in in that perspective. So um, my problem with the song is, though, um, I prefer the edited version now. (laughs) I just feel like uh, it's it's too it is too much tribal drums in there right and yeah. you know kind of takes away from uh the the depth of the song but you know those pre-choruses and choruses are killer
0: yeah and also too with the videos a lot of the songs were a little different as well like especially a rocket there was some extra sounds and things going on and it was a remix, like a remix version yeah yeah so i was always used to those versions too and when you get the album they're different but uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know i like both versions whatever uh and then like guess the the one of the one the one single that really got them uh, noticed uh, for this album, anyway, more in the United States, is "Animal," and that that is a great
1: song. No, it's a great one. It's one that's still in the set list today.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's you know, it's got a great chorus in it. Mm-hmm. The next song, though, "Love Bites," another song. Seven or eight year old kid, I have no idea what love is about. <laughs> so, "Love Bites." I skipped this fucking song. I hate it. <laughs> Until this day, I still hate that song.
1: I actually love this song. <laughs> I figured <laughs> like, you would. <laughs> no, you know why? Because I remember uh, when my wife and I went to go see them the uh, the week before I proposed to her. We went to go see the Def Leppard Journey Tour when it came to Jones Beach. And uh, this was uh, the first encore that they did. And let me tell you, like hearing those guitars um, playing those sustained notes... I just felt like it really gave it that um no pun intended bite yeah. to to the song. So oh my god, I'm gonna get such shit for this uh review. Because <laughs> um, I don't hate this album. I really don't hate hysteria. I mean I get the gripes why people dislike it, but I grew up loving it too. So sue me. Um yeah, no, I, I think it's a great one. I mean, I prefer Judas Priest love bites, but uh right. I do I do I do like this track a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know?
0: And that's one thing I was worried about too. People giving us shit for, you know, th- bad things we say about some songs in this album. Like I said, this was my song when I was a child. I, I love this album and I'm allowed to have some songs I don't like on it.
1: <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I want to give this album in terms of its production I don't know if you know this or not, Wayne, mm. but the amp that the guitar players used to record themselves with mm. was the Tom Schultz Rockman. I don't know if you're too familiar with that, but Tom like Schultz, that. the guitarist from uh, Boston, he okay. created this little pocket amp called um, The Rockman. So, what happens is you, you know, it's sort of like an interface, you know, you plug your guitar in there, then you plug The Rockman into the mixing board, and you have three settings you have clean, you have distorted, and you have uh, chorus. Hmm. So, they actually used this little amp to record the guitar with it and i thought that was really impressive
0: Wow! Well, no i had no idea where did you hear that information from
1: um they had admitted it uh phil oh. cullen was actually interviewed and they asked him you know um, about the details of recording his theory and he said you know what amp we use we didn't use our randalls we used the rockman
0: oh. and i was like that little thing <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, and you wouldn't even know the the sounds on his album are huge with the guitars, even the drums, you know, obviously those are electronic drums. Yeah,
1: so well that's where they were they going, for, going yeah. they were going for that big chorus that that big drum sound. And eh, my dog is barking <laughs> As you can tell Aloysius is a fan of Hysteria too
0: oh, He loves uh, Hysteria uh, And then the song that, you know, really kicked them into Superstar and kicked Michael Jackson off the charts uh, Pour Some Sugar On Me, which, you know i can't i don't need to hear that song anymore and
1: neither do no no me. please never again <laughs> never again, just 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 go away die go away, go away and die don't uh, go and, away mad just go away <laughs> that's a different
0: band uh and yeah. then the 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 song that ends the first side of the cassette because i will always remember that armageddon it a great track to end off that that second uh, first half of the album you know it's always one of my favorite songs on this
1: yeah it's there are times that like going a little stones-ish but, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, not a bad track. But uh, again, like um, like Pour Some Sugar on Me, I'm just tired of it.
0: I'll say that, that, that one I'm not tired of, because I don't hear that one as much. Pour Some Sugar on Me is still played on every... I don't listen to the radio either, so...
1: Right. I guess yeah. my problem, I just feel like they rewrote it for the album X as four-letter word. Oh, but uh, we haven't gotten to X we'll, yet. I'll re- I'll remind care. everyone of that.
0: Yeah, all right. Now that you said that, I'll play close attention. But uh, the song that we talked about earlier on another show, "Gods of War,"
1: my I, favorite song on the album.
0: Mine too. I mean, that song was just awesome. And then you know, it's about the the war that was going on at the time too. And then you got all the well, I the love Cold all
1: war, the, the Cold War. The Cold War. Yeah,
0: I love all the stuff at the end with the um, with the Reagan talking and the thing and everything, and all the extra sound effects in the album uh, on that song. And it's just it's awesome i I just probably my favorite death leopard song you know ever i think you know or the second first or second
1: favorite my favorite off this album yes my all-time favorite i mean it's hard to pick it it is it's hard to pick
0: i'm probably gonna shoot myself in the foot on that
1: one but i definitely love the um the guitar tones in this um that intro, beautifully played by Steve Clark. Rest in peace. Steve Clark, I don't know if you know, this was one of my earliest influences mm-hmm. on guitar. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I um, to me, he looked like what a rock star should look right. like. Right, yeah. And um, although I feel like Phil Collins shines more on this album, um, you can't take away Steve's contributions. I mean, they called him the riff master because right. he came up with a lot of the classic riffs that you hear in the classic Def Leppard songs. So...
0: And also, too, he was a huge Led Zeppelin fan, which I was reading in this book, too. And uh, he always wanted to have that, like, um, that cashmere Zeppelin song, you know, a Def Leppard version of it. He definitely got uh, it with this one. He got it with this one. So, uh, Don't Shoot Shotgun. This is where the album starts to take a little bit of a dip for me. I I like this song. Don't get me wrong. It's a good song, a good chorus and everything. Mm -hmm. Very upbeat and happy. But uh, like the next song, Run Riot. Here we go, dipping again a little bit still it's another fun song but it's it's not as good as the first half of the album to me
1: okay those two songs this is where I disagree with you I agree with you about don't shoot shotgun it's it's okay it's it's a filler track but you know it doesn't bother me at all um but run riot's actually my second favorite track oh really, really? on the album. oh yeah I just I love the fact that it's 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 fast mm. and it's boisterous catchy choruses great guitar solo by Phil Cullen, and I know I'm I put him under a lot of scrutiny because I sometimes feel like he plays a little too sloppily, mm. but I feel like what he does here is just right for the song.
0: It also does have a little bit of a feel of some of the older albums, maybe something from uh, High and Dry, you know, because it does, mm. this may be the fastest song on the album. Because this probably, album is I,
1: very, very mid tempo through the whole thing. I would say probably more. Of- pyromania if it were to remind me of any song of high and dry it'd probably be no 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 because you know they're both fast paced songs but I definitely feel like run riot would have settled better with pyromania yeah. in my opinion
0: it's somewhere in between there but uh, it, it is it does pick up more on that song than, than the rest mm-hmm. of them and that's one thing I did notice like when I listened to this not too long ago too because I listened to this at work with a couple friends and because um, they think this is like the best Def Leppard album but uh, I tried to prove them wrong with whatever they didn't agree but uh yeah i I noticed that this album was very mid-tempo and i didn't realize that when i was younger but listening to it now and especially with all the other bands i listen to i'm like this album's a little slower than i thought it was you know
1: it's a pop rock album it's meant to be played on the radio it's meant to you know sell to the common music fan not just steph leopard fans so of course they were gonna go that route to try to attract more listeners you can't fault them
0: no no hey and it worked for them so yeah it's, it's fine.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they're hurting because their artistic integrity yeah. is hurting. Yeah, they're, laughing all, they're crying all the way to the bank. pluck off of that shit. Come on. Uh, and
0: then the title track, Hysteria. At the time, I really didn't like this song, but as I got older, it grew on me. It's a, it's a really cool song. It's it's one of my favorites off of this album.
1: Yeah, it's uh, a good one. I mean, you know, good title track. And, uh, you know, again, a song that comes off great live. You yeah. know, um, I don't think this really matters to anybody, but... You know, Def Leppard when they perform, they tune down a half step from their original standard tuning, mm-hmm. so it kind of gives the songs a little bit more, uh, more of a depth, I would think. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of the songs that you hear on record, they, I feel like they just come more alive in a live yeah. setting.
0: Yeah, I never got to see them live,
1: I recommend it at least once. Yeah. Me personally, I won't go see them again because I know they're going to play exactly the same set as I did the, the last two times I saw them. But yeah, yeah. you know, I'm I'm not here to dissuade anybody from you know hearing their favorite tracks. By all means, go ahead. Um, yeah. I'll be at home. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is one of those bands. Maybe we should see once though. Uh, excitable. Another uh, fuck song. this song. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't stand that one. And uh, love and affection. Are you excitable. No. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. Uh, and love and affection, the ending of the album, um, it's okay. I mean, I wish there was a better song that they ended it on. Like I said, the first half I think is the the best half of this album. Is that first half of the album? And no, I, I agree. Get you. It the first that way. First
1: half, you know, the best half. But the second half for me is the two best songs on the album. But yeah,
0: yeah. But hey, that's that's fine. Like I said, this it's this album means a lot to me. You know, from my childhood and then also. Uh, yeah, just a lot of memories for this album. So it's 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 hysteria. I can't say nothing really bad yeah. about it.
1: And it's historic for us because it was our gateway right. really into like a lot of the other bands that came out, you know, around the same time and after it. I mean, yeah, I remember nineteen eighty seven what that was a huge uh banner year for hard rock. You know, you had this. He had the self-titled um, White Snake album. You know, mm-hmm. Ozzy was still writing the uh, Crest of a Wave with uh, with uh, Ultimate Sin, and Metallica had five, They had finally reached platinum mm-hmm. with uh, Master of Puppets. I could be wrong on that. And you know, it was it was shaping to be a, a very big year for rock music, especially with the way metal and rock played out in the late '80s. And uh, although so much before it, you know, definitely planned the trajectory for it. Oh, yeah. This is what really brought it into the uh, stratosphere.
0: Yeah. yeah. And if it wasn't for Def Leppard, I would have never known who Led Zeppelin was either. You know, I, I, I've, my mother listened to Led Zeppelin, so I knew records. But knowing that they influenced in Def Leppard, I definitely had to
1: check Led Zeppelin out. So mm-hmm. well, well, it was because of, of Def Leppard that I wanted to check out bands like UFO and Thin Lizzie out. So yeah, yeah so there
0: you go. Unfortunately, after this album, not too much longer after this album, uh, Steve Clark dies. And uh, seeing that come across MTV News, I was like, oh, my God. I was devastated.
1: You know? 91 uh, sucked because we lost Steve Clark, we lost Eric Kiss, and we lost Freddie Mercury.
0: Yeah. yeah. It was terrible. And also, too, personally, uh, my grandmother died not too long, not too long before Steve Clark died. So it was my grandmother, then Steve Clark and i'm like you know this is like the worst year ever you know and again know we were kids gonna...
1: we didn't know any better no not at all but well, we all love our nanas
0: yeah, of course no
1: i please uh but yeah i didn't that know didn't what the hell right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i didn't know what was going to happen with Def Leppard. and then uh what was it 1992 there's no date i think it's 92 it was
1: uh, march of 92 and i remember because my brother and i went down to nobody beats the wiz And I saw the poster, Def Leppard Adrenalize, with the pupil on the cover. And I was like, wait a minute, Def Leppard's coming out with a new album? There it is. And, you know, 92, for me, I was excited because that was the year I got that, Fear of the Dark, and No More Tears, and Dehumanizer. Mm. So, 92 was shaping out to be a good year musically for me. And, again, for a lot of hardcore Def Leppard fans, they hate this album. Mm-hmm um i can't say that i was one of them i found that this album did have some standout tracks that i feel you know hold up to what they originally put out yeah
0: well unfortunately i'm in that category where you hated it i didn't hate it but also at this time you know with that huge gap in between albums I started getting into other bands, Metallica and heavier stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the time this came out, I'm just like, all right. First of all, you know, Steve Clark isn't there, so that kind of sucks, you know. And then, yeah. let's get rock comes on. All right, that's a cool song. You know, it's upbeat. It's a Def Leppard song.
1: It's cool. I, rem- I remember when they. um the I'm video. going back, ladies and gentlemen. This is when MTV aired videos. Yeah and mtv was promoting it the whole weekend exclusive first time ever let's get rock debut from def leppard on mtv and i missed it by two and a half minutes because my mom (laughs) wouldn't change the fucking channel and uh but they played it the next hour so i was happy and you know here i am at 11 years old thinking oh my god this is the greatest thing ever not knowing then what i know now but i was happy about it i was excited I mean it was the last song that they wrote for the album. Right. So, yeah. you know, there's no there's no influence from Steve Clark on this song at all. Right. But, you know, hey, it's still a track that they play to this day, so they yeah. did something right.
0: Right, yeah. Man, that video was terrible, by the way. <laughs> all that digitized thing with the kid and everything. Oh,
1: yeah. Looking yeah. back, it's you know it's shit, but yeah. you know it's '92 we're talking about. Right. We
0: didn't have all that technology like we do back uh, yeah, now. Jurassic
1: so. Park didn't come out until the next year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, let's rock was a cool song, but Heaven Is then it brought the album down. I'm like, oh, this this kind of sucks. It's slow and it's kind of yeah, exactly. And then the third song, again, I'm a young child. What do I know about making love like a man? Absolutely nothing.
1: Yes, I didn't even know making love from Kiss yet. <laughs> and I, I'm still waiting to find out about love making from Kiss. Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, and still today, I mean, maybe the song, I, it's, I'm not as bothered by the song as I used to be, but it's still, I hear the song, it's just laughable. I, I mean, they, they don't take it seriously either. It's, it's a tongue-in-cheek type thing for them. But at the time, it just it meant nothing to me.
1: No, it's definitely a pop rock album. Right. And yeah. this is a pop song. And, like the, uh, and, you know, it's funny because when Def Leppard first came out, they fell into the category of the new wave of British heavy metal. And Joe Elliott has been quoted on record as saying that they wanted no part of being part of the new right. wave of British heavy metal. They say they didn't want to be in the same category of bands like Saxon and, you know, a dare I say Iron Maiden. They wanted to be more into you know, the, the Aerosmiths and Led Zeppelins and Rolling Stones. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I definitely give credit to Joe Elliott for being an idealistic baboon (laughs) (laughs) because many still hold those first three albums as classic British metal albums. And if he has a problem with that, well, tough shit. What can I say? Yeah, too bad.
0: You know, this is what it is. Let me turn my email off. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Make Love Like a Man's there. I Am, yeah. Uh, Tonight, that song's okay. I can,
1: I can deal with that one. Hated it then, love it now. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's
0: a, that's a grower. Uh, and speaking of, like, Let's Get, Let's Get Rocked was one of the last songs. White Lightning was also one of the last songs that they wrote for this album.
1: And that's my favorite song on the album. Mine too. I felt like it was a perfect tribute to uh, Steve Clark. And it wasn't their only tribute, but it was their first. But it's my favorite track on the album. I feel like Phil Colin definitely emoted the sadness of losing Steve very well, especially on the intro. Yeah, that guitar solo. I mean, it's gut wrenching. Yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, the the riff itself, it's just classic melodic Def Leppard. Yeah. So yeah.
0: also has a feel of uh, God God of War from the uh, Hysteria yeah. album too. It's got the same similar thing. And yeah, awesome song. And I also love that when um it was towards like uh, uh maybe a year or so after this album was released, they finally released a video for that song. And it really never got publicized too much, but uh, they did do one. I was very mm-hmm. excited to see that. I thought that was really cool. Um Stand Up, Kick Love into Motion again. Eh.
1: Um, I feel like they were going like a Brian Adams waking up the neighbors right. route with this album, yeah. you know? Yeah,
0: that's that's what I felt too.
1: Like if if hysteria wasn't a a turn in a pop direction, this album definitely
0: was. Yeah, it definitely was, and just was not working for me. It wasn't clicking. Personal property. Shit. Yeah, that one's okay, but it's still there's there's nothing on here like hysteria. Have you ever needed someone so bad?
1: Not oh really. My
0: God, have <laughs> I ever needed this album to end so bad? No. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I hated it then. I like it now. Um, I can enjoy it now. I mean, look, sometimes I need some music to put my daughter to sleep in the car. You know, it helps. (laughs) Yeah, I
0: I don't like it. Um, I want to touch you again. No, thank you, Wayne. I'm taking. (laughs) I wasn't asking you.
1: Oh, thank God for small favors. Anyways, um, maybe we should ask David Ellison. Oh, too soon. Oh, come on. Don't put that in this show. Sorry. (laughs) I do.
0: Although there's a lot of songs that will fit with that.
1: Um. But, yeah, no, it's just... And unfortunately, it's, it's Rick Allen's first writing credit, I think, in a Def Leppard oh, well, song. Oh. Well, yeah. Damn. Yeah,
0: whatever. Uh, tear It Down. I don't remember that being on the... Is that on the original album?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It was a B-side during the Hysteria era, and they yeah. actually debuted it, I think, at the 1989 VMAs and it was a killer track you know and and steve clark you know the riffs that he wrote for this for this um for this album definitely still shine on you know i did like stand up kick love into motion and you know a couple of the other songs and i felt like this was one of the standout tracks i actually i feel like it was the standout track that he wrote Mm. and you know, slight differences from the B-side that was on the Hysteria record, but um, not you, too you, drastic.
0: You can definitely hear him, his influence on this song. Yeah. The other songs, I don't really hear it. You know,
1: I, I, I don't know. It's funny that you mentioned that, though, because there were two songs of Stand Up, Kick Love, Into Motion" was demoed by Steve for this record. And it's different. You can actually hear the demo for it on YouTube. It's it's different. It's a, a little bit more slower and he lets his guitar uh his his, his guitar ring out more, yeah. um, you know, giving it that that Steve Clark panache. And the other track that they had demoed for this was When Love and Hate Collide, mm-hmm. which if you listen to the demo version of it in comparison to the one that was released on Vault, completely different. All right. Yeah, I don't know. It's but I actually prefer the demo.
0: Right, yeah, there are some good demo things. Uh, but adrenalize to me it, it was disappointing, you know. Yeah.
1: Just uh, In it, hindsight, I was... yeah, I could see that. At the time I was just so excited because it was a new Def Leppard album. So. Right,
0: yeah, me too. And then when I put it in the cassette player, I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, "Damn it. I lost my favorite band." <laughs>
1: but until you know,
0: until, yeah, until I found all those other bands. Uh, which, you know, thank God I did because I don't know if I would still I don't I don't know if I could still continue to listen to Def Leopard. You know, if it was the only band I ever listened to, I don't know if I could keep continuing to do that.
1: Probably not, if that's the only thing you you know, the if that was stuck being the only band that you listen to, yeah, it's like, you know, oh my god, it's like they keep going downward and downward yeah, and downward like- so
0: I'm glad I have other bands I could kind of you know listen to other things. I'll, I still buy every Def Leppard album, I, I, even though you know i probably not gonna like it most uh, most of the chance. But uh, I still buy them because it's Def Leppard, you know.
1: Not wrong Sometimes that.
0: there there are surprise songs on the album, so it's they're not all that bad.
1: Which is the case with the next record, Retroactive. And I always love this cover. It always
0: tricked me because it's one of those covers with the. Yep, I don't know What it, you call that? What you call that?
1: Uh, I don't know, but it's a skull. But it's in actuality a woman looking into a mirror yeah. and the shape is in the skull. And I was like, when did Death Leopard become a death metal dance? Start yeah. putting skulls on their records.
0: Yeah, I thought that was cool. I remember seeing this in the uh, in the music store too. Just mm-hmm. I don't even think it was really publicized that much either.
1: I just not to... I mean the only it's funny, 93 was a was a weird year because they were still in the adrenalized tour doing the end the round, and then the final leg of the tour was their 7 day weekend tour where they were playing all the amphitheaters and sheds and I think Ugly Kid Joe was actually their opening act on that tour. Mm-hmm. And um in 93 they if anyone remembers there was the last action hero film that came out with mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger and that Good album actually by the way. yes great soundtrack and Def Leppard um they were asked that they would contribute a song so they wrote an acoustic ballad two or steps solo behind
0: <laughs> soundtrack.
1: Yeah. well i mean compared to angry again by megadeth yeah. and uh big gum by acdc yeah i mean you know disappointing but it was a huge hit for them michael came and added um his strings and orchestra to it and that actually kept them relevant in 93 and i think it was in the summer of 93 where they were announced that they were releasing a new album which is retroactive however It's technically a collection Mm -hmm. of outtakes and B sides, so it's not really a new studio album per se, Mm -hmm. but it is some of the last um, audio tracks recorded by Steve Clark with the band, and also some of the first with Vivian Campbell.
0: Yeah, yeah, a lot of old. Even uh, there's some old songs on here too from like way back in the day.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a uh, re. -re Well, we'll we'll talk about that as we get to it. But the first uh... track, "Desert Song." Holy shit.
0: Great song. And also too, uh, they stripped down their sound on this album as well. It's a very rough sounding
1: album. Which, which was I good. was happy about that. Right.
0: I'm not I have no problem with the sound of this album. I think it was a good move. Mm-hmm. You know, because they needed to get away from that uh overly processed uh, arena type sound. Who the
1: who produced it? Who's the who's the producer on the back of the album? Oh yeah. Def Leppard. Oh, it was self-produced. Yeah. Well, by then I think they learned everything they could from Mutt Lang. So, yeah. but uh, that. yeah, De- desert song. I mean, this wasn't even released as a B-side. It was right. an outtake that they just never uh, took care of. And and you know, killer guitar work reminds me of Zeppelin.
0: Yeah, and such a dark song too. I've yeah. never heard Def Leppard really start off with such a slow, dark, uh, pretty heavy song for them. You know, especially with, at this time, which showed you, you, know? you they could still stay heavy. Right. Yeah, and they did it awesome. Uh, next song, "Fractured Love," even heavier, I think.
1: Yeah, in terms of the theme, in terms yeah. of the drums, the riffing, you know, like I was just like, Dev are you holding out on, on us?" Yeah, you still, you could still write a killer,
0: can... high and dry. Exactly, you could, and you're just not doing it for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, and then the cover song action—I forget what the name of the band was that they sweet. The sweet, okay. <laughs> uh, pretty cool song. I don't think I've ever heard the original version, but I think it's not really too much different from the original
1: um it's not too different i prefer the sweets version but i I like death Lover's version
0: oh and one thing i saw that was kind of funny that song when they released it it charted the same as the sweet version
1: oh really
0: yeah i think it would like made it to 40 or something like that and did exactly the same thing so that was pretty cool
1: it was the same people that bought it the first time around yeah
0: (laughs) probably uh two steps behind like i said earlier I, when that song came out for that soundtrack, I'm like, "Oh my god, this is definitely was getting worse." <laughs> Why? Well, uh, yeah, because
1: we wanted like the hard rock stuff, right? I we get the acoustic stuff. So and
0: then, we're like, yeah, we got that acoustic thing, and plus it was on that really cool soundtrack. Uh, uh, I I hate that song. I never really liked it ever. Uh She's too tough. Yeah.
1: didn't mind it.
0: Well, didn't it's not terrible, but it. it's. Yeah. It could it could have fit actually. It's a song that probably could have fit really good on Hysteria. Probably could have got rid of Excitable. Probably would have been a good song on Hysteria.
1: I think if you replaced it well, you know, on Adrenalize and taken one of the bad songs could've out there, would have made it a better album.
0: Either, either or. It would have fit on either or. Uh, another song I don't like and I never will. Miss You in a Heartbeat.
1: Too syrupy for me. Yeah,
0: me too. And then they had to do it twice on this
1: album. Which is funny though, because the song was written by Phil and it was covered by Paul Rogers when uh, he was, I think he was in a, uh, not the firm, he was in a different band and they had actually released an album in 91. And this was one of the songs that they recorded. I heard that version and I i definitely prefer it to the yeah, uh, Def uh, Leppard's version. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah,
0: that, that's on here twice. And even uh, Two Steps Behind is on here twice, which is one thing I don't like about this album. Two of the worst songs twice. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> I don't need to hear it twice. You
1: know, it's, a, it's so bad, you get it twice.
0: Yeah, right? Uh, Only After Dark? That one's okay. It's nah, a little corny, but make. it's... Uh... All right. I might have been wrong when I said Gods of War it was my favorite Def Leppard song. It's still up there, though. It is one of them. Uh, oh wait, no, I'm wrong. You can't be serious. <laughs> no, I'm oh, not serious. Okay. I'm, I read it wrong. Sorry, I was in the wrong order. <laughs> Forgive me. Uh Right into the sun. This a okay. remake.
1: A remake of their opening track on their 1979
0: EP. I do have that somewhere. Yeah,
1: it's Seventy-seven or seventy-nine EP, and uh I will say it sounded great for the 1987 to 1993 period. Um. I can't say I like it better. I say I like it as much as I do as the original version. Um, you know, they just updated it. Yeah, and nothing's
0: really changed too much from it. No, nope. it's it's fairly really similar. Uh, from the inside, eh?
1: just eh. <laughs> Uh, all right, now we're getting song. into okay. All right, yes, you and I have <laughs> discussed this before on Facebook. Yes, we did, but I'll let, I'll let you talk it first. One
0: of the best Def Leppard
1: songs ever agreed, I've
0: ever heard in my life. I heard this song, I'm like, how could this song have never been released on something on a good album? Why has it got to be on this compilation? But I'm glad it's here because this is like a, a hidden gem that they should have done oh, years yeah. ago, you know.
1: Replace, replace Excitable with this hysteria would have been perfect oh
0: my god I, I just can't believe how how awesome this song was you know we didn't even I mean? announce
1: t- the title
0: <laughs> right yeah and it's just
1: yeah that is such a great song you
0: know
1: we never announced the title what's the song title Go i did ahead. too you said ring of fire yeah well you didn't i just said it now yeah,
0: so. i was gonna say if i didn't you did.
1: i <laughs> <laughs> you know, think i I, I agree when i first heard this song i was just like jesus I was like, I, I, Desert Song was my favorite track on the album until I heard this one. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, completely blown away. I think it's only ever been performed on two... On uh, It was only ever performed on the X Tour in really? Japan and New York. And that was it. And it was the opening track on those uh, for those two shows. Wow. So if any one of the members of Def Leppard is watching this, which I'm sure they're not... You Please heard. bring that song back into the set list. It's yeah, it,
0: awesome. It needs to be there. It's definitely one of the best Def Leppard songs. I say we should cover it.
1: Discography. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll throw it okay. in the mix.
0: And uh, I'm not going to mention the last two songs because I kind of already did that. Uh, but the last song here, I Want to Be Your Hero.
1: Eh. I actually loved it um, then, and I still love it now again i feel like you know you could have put it on brian adams waking up the neighbors yeah exactly but again that doesn't mean it's a bad song i mean right. i like it and if you know i'm sure i'm sure i'm gonna get laughed at by a lot of the hardcore um original 1980 to 1983 def leopard fans for not a... watching this even if they were so what it's all good I like what I like. I don't force people to like what I like or dislike what I dislike. Um, I'm a sucker for melody. And even if it's saccharine bubblegum, if I think it's valid, I think it's valid. And I think it's valid. But it's all right. Uh, But yeah,
0: the, the, the song that saves this album completely Ring of Fire.
1: I'm surprised you didn't ask me if I thought it was valid. <laughs> well, did you? No. Anyway, moving along. Yes, Ring of Fire, best song, that and Desert Song, two best songs on the album.
0: Yep, It is. And uh, So this is uh, getting to be the last great Def Leppard album for me, personally. But hey, that might change. When we get on- onto the next half, I might realize, hey, I might like one of these other albums that I kind of set to the side and Maybe listened to once or twice and didn't really give it too much attention. Mm-hmm. I changed my mind. I don't know.
1: We'll what see. did you think of uh, what, uh, When Love or Hate Collide, though? Because that was actually released on Vault, which was their first greatest hits package that came out after. Uh, Remind me of that song
0: because I can't think of it right now. Is that another acoustic song?
1: Um, there's definitely an orchestra in it.
0: Then I probably don't like it. <laughs> probably
1: not i think it was a slow song i just can't you know what i
0: just can't think of what it sounds like
1: there's a uh, live cut of it from a tour they did in japan during the euphoria area every uh, euphoria era and um uh, it's better than the one that was recorded in the studio but yeah. i still prefer the demo to all of them
0: interesting uh yeah i don't think i like that song that much but you know what Nope, I didn't. Okay. Yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> don't <laughs> no. don't want to get played too much of it, otherwise we'll get demonetized. No, they can't hear that. But uh, that that
0: is the second part of our Def Leppard discography. And um, so, like I said, these albums, or I don't think I've said it on the show, these albums are the beginning to me of the, uh, kind of the crash and burn of Def Leppard in a way. And I hate to say that, because you know they're still going today, and they are an awesome band. So don't give me any hate mail or emails or messages or whatever. And uh, they're Def Leppard, and I, I still buy every single album. As I as you see, I have the box set. These are from all the box sets, and I do have the originals behind me, they're right there. And I bought the remasters, and I'm still going to continue to buy them. It's just yeah, something happened. Uh, I mean, maybe it's me. You know, something uh, with all the bands I listen to, Def Leppard kind of. Uh, just doesn't do it for me anymore, you know? And I hate to say that, but it just, that's just what happens.
1: Well, you know, people grow up, people's tastes change, people's expectation of music changes. Um, I will never take away from the fact that Def Leppard released some of the greatest music ever in the early 1980s. I will never take away the fact that they are top notch musicians and songwriters and a killer live band. Um, whether we like what they put out now is irrelevant right. it's the fact that they did something that most people could only dream of and they gave a lot of musicians so much influence and so much you know greatness to their fans with a lot of their classic output and you know like i said whether we like what they're putting out now it's irrelevant we love what they've done. We love what they've given us. And as fans, we're grateful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're
1: still awesome musicians. And,
0: you know, we're not trying to be elitist douchebags either. So,
1: which, which again, which is why I ended the episode with this epilogue.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not, we're not those kind of people.
1: No, no, so, and yeah. honestly, people like what they like. But you know, we're we're definitely going to give credit where it's due. Developer, they rock absolutely. Yeah, they
0: rock, and and they know how to play their instruments. I mean, they've been doing it for years, so they know what they're doing. They can continue to do what they do, and uh I hope they're around forever. You know, I hope I, I actually get to do see uh, get to see them live at some point. You know, uh, I wish I would have saw them early on because you know Joe Elliott's voice was a lot better, but.
1: He's still well, good. You know? He's had a year and, and three extra months to recuperate, so maybe you could get a ticket to go see the stadium tour. Yeah, we'll see what
0: happens. I hope so.
1: Yes, yeah, it's them, Molly Crew, Poison, and Joan Jett.
0: Oh, I got to sit through them? I forgot about that.
1: Damn. Well, I would I would love to see Joan Jett. I mean, you know, she's she's a no, not a fan?
0: No, not really.
1: Oh, you more of a Lita Ford fan.
0: No. Oh, no.
1: So definitely not a Runaways fan. No, not really. You misogynist. Anyways. But... <laughs> I No. Uh,
0: they're okay. That doesn't do nothing for me, though. Uh, uh, I love uh, Cherry
1: Bomb, so. That one's all right.
0: <laughs> but I, I can't sit through Poison and Motley Crue. It's just, that's terror. Who's actually who's headlining? Is it Def Leppard or is it Motley Crue? I uh, Are
1: they I want to s- say that they're switching, but I think it's Motley Crue's, like, baby. Because it's yeah. their return to the stage. I knew that freaking retirement contract was a load of, of bullshit.
0: Of course it was. That's why I don't like Motley Crue either. Really? Uh, not even too fast or uh, Shout? I, I, we did review one of them and I did like it. I think it was Shout the Devil. Okay. That one was okay. It was all right. But after that, no, I just, that's not for me. All right. Yeah. But Def Leppard is for me and they are for you too. So, the you band? Please. Yeah, they're for everybody.
1: Oh. If you like music, I thought you meant they're for the band U2. Okay, never mind. No, we don't, like I don't them. like them either. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, Def Leppard is for everyone. Seriously, just give if you haven't given them a chance, what the hell? You live in a rock, right? Not yeah. under the rock, in the rock.
0: Yeah, there's there's stuff Def Leppard does stuff for you know, if you're into metal or even rock, there are periods in their career where you will like a Def Leppard song at least one, you know. So... If you're always on the fence about that, flipper, just give something a chance. And uh, our next show, we'll be talking about this album, Slang. They really, really got rid of their sound on this one. But we'll talk about that next time.
1: And if you don't like anything after this, then just watch the first episode over and over and over again to your heart's desire.
0: That's right. And when you're watching that episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. That's right up there somewhere. I don't know where it is on this camera here, but it's up there. Hit the subscribe button. Or is it down below? I don't I know.
1: down below. I
0: don't know. You know what else is down below? What's that? Yeah. Ask Dave Ellison. He'll tell you.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah, uh, hit that subscribe. What? <laughs> hit that subscribe Why,
1: button. Junior? Why, why? Why did you freaking film yourself doing that? Right. What's <laughs>
0: outreview.com?
1: uh where's your stuff you got lou uh, music is right music is live podcast.com. and uh there is more content that i'm currently editing takes forever
0: you gotta update your website by the way you,
1: yes i know you forgot the I, last
0: episode and then the episode before that you said uh listen here and the here isn't even underlined and you
1: can't I think click bob mangoes fell asleep at the wheels
0: <laughs> you gotta do your own website don't let bob mango do it i wouldn't trust that guy uh,
1: I love Bob. He's been one of my dear Uh, friends from college.
0: I wouldn't trust him. Did he give you
1: his first episode yet of Green Mango's World? No, he did not. Bob, just give it to me. I'll edit it. Oh, boy. That might take forever, though. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs)
0: But what else is going on with Music is Life?
1: Nothing. Just uh, really happy with uh, everybody that I've been interviewing. I've interviewed um, Melissa Kutch, who is my sister-in-law and has a... um, a young adult novel series on Amazon called the hypothesis of giants Four books out, check it out. You can also download it in a, um, Kindle format. Also, uh, interviewed Tony Santana of mob music collective. And a lot of his roster loved what I did with his interview. And I'm actually happy to say that uh, a lot of them are going to jump on board to be on the show. So I'm excited about that. Keep on the lookout. want to give a shout out to uh, static heads and bad fashion and, uh, Boy. Um, Busy Boy is actually a dance hall artist, but a hell of a nice guy. And I like what he's putting out there. So, you know, I am a metal hardcore hard rock fan, but I try to run the gamut of promoting any music that I think is good, mm-hmm. which is why I keep that separate from what we do here on Eye Review. And um, what else? Um, I just interviewed uh, Gordon and Steve from uh, Images of Eden, a great progressive metal band on uh, pavement music. They just released their new album, Angel Born, and looking forward to putting that interview up. And I got a lot coming up. I got a lot like of... To do. do. Yeah, do. Yeah. Actually, I'm very happy to say that I have Eddie Leeway from the band Leeway, Eddie Sutton himself, who uh, is currently undergoing cancer treatment, mm-hmm. who has his own podcast, the Eddie Leeway podcast. He actually asked if he could uh, come on the show so we could talk about what it was like for us growing up as kids in Astoria, fans of hardcore and metal music, and what it was like. So I'm so excited and humbled about that. So that's going to be fun.
0: You might have to um, ask Greg to come on that show.
1: Is Greg a Leeway fan? Greg is a huge Leeway fan,
0: I think. Yeah.
1: All right, well, I mean, maybe I'll have him come on for like a second part or so. Because I'm thinking
0: of the wrong band. I could, <laughs> that could be also.
1: possible. Again, <laughs> the theme of the show is... Um, you know growing up as you know kids into hardcore from astoria but uh while you mentioned greg big shout out to greg That's um we miss him um he uh currently experienced uh, a loss in his family i don't want to say who because uh, it's not my place to say but uh our thoughts are with him greg um i hope you're doing all right buddy all right and uh you know miss you yeah um
0: uh... I can't wait till he comes back because it's it feels like it's been a while. But, uh, yeah, I hope everything's going good. And uh, unfortunately, you know,
1: yeah, Greg is such a huge part of uh, why this unit is as good and as cohesive as it is. And, uh, you know, it's just as, as much Wayne. I mean, you're my boy for so long and I love talking with you. I feel like, you know, we have great chemistry i feel like greg only adds to the chemistry there's definitely mm. something missing here without him so oh yeah
0: definitely and if it wasn't for greg i probably wouldn't have been doing the show as long as i have been because i can't do it myself
1: ah it's all <laughs> noggle's fault <laughs> it
0: is it's all his fault but uh yeah hopefully uh you know it comes back and everything will be all right but yeah. uh until then go to ratsoutreview.com go to hey my band has an album out guess what it is project resurrect here it looks like
1: on record is it any good no
0: <laughs> i don't know I, I really don't know but it's been downloaded uh 800 times illegally so it must be all right
1: yeah um,
0: <laughs> project resurrect.bandcamp.com go buy the digital version and i got cds coming out very soon uh probably like two weeks from the day i'm recording this one but uh it'll be on there eventually and um yeah subscribe iTunes Spotify Stitcher and Anchor is our new place now we're not on Podbean anymore so if you're watching this and you're wondering where it is on Podbean we're not there <laughs> yeah, you're, if you're listening on Pandora and said where's the new episodes we're not on Pandora anymore cuz Anchor doesn't do Pandora
1: so we've moved on up in the world we're out of Pandora we don't have to be compared to trapped yeah we're
0: gone but hey you can still find us and um that's it so come back next time and we'll be doing uh, the next part of the Def Leppard discography and we will see you guys
1: then. Right into the sun, everyone. Right into the ring of fire. Good Ooh, night. Nice ending. Bye.